Man, I believe when you're going through your worst moment and you feel like there's no way out, you just got to look in the mirror and say, man, God is good. Because I feel like sometimes we get caught up in ourselves and a lot of times we look in the mirror and we say, man, we're not good enough. We can't do this. And the truth is, you're not good enough and you can't do this. But that's why you don't do this alone because it's not about what you could do, but it's about what God has already done. So when you say God is good, you're not talking about yourself. You're talking about the benefits that you're getting because of the God you serve. So whenever you're going through a moment, I just need you to say, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Can I tell you something else? Not only is God good, but God is enough. He's enough. He's enough to stop the bullying. He's enough to stop you from cutting yourself. He's enough to stop the pain, to stop the hurt. Jesus is enough tonight, and he's enough for the rest of your life. He'll always be enough. God is enough. A lot of us like to say God is good all the time, but we forget to say that God is enough. We think that we need God, but we also need that boy, or we need God, and we also need that girl, or we need God, and we need more followers, and we need God, but we need more clothes. No, no, no. God is enough. He's enough for your circumstance. He's enough for your, for your situation. God is enough enough. Touch the person next to you and say, man, God is enough. If you're taking notes, which I encourage, the title of tonight's message is Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Not Jesus loves me. No, Jesus loves me. Not Jesus loves me. No, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. There's a song we used to sing back in the day. Jesus loves me. Yes, I know for the Bible tells me so. Little boys and little girls. I don't remember the song. So Jesus loves me. He loves you. Write that at the top of your notes. Man, Jesus loves me. Uh, I'm going to be reading from the passage. We could throw the Bible verses up. Uh, I'm going to first go into the reading of the Bible, and then after I read it, I'm going to pray us off, and then we're going to start with the preaching. So follow along, and, and this is going to, this whole Bible verse, and this, the whole things that we're going through, this whole story is actually a perfect testimony as to how much God loves you, all right? So when you, when I read this, I want you to kind of add yourself into the story. I want you to kind of try to step into the story as we read it. And it goes like this, it says, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Somebody say Mount of Olives. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Somebody say Mount of Olives. I'm telling you right now, if you are taking notes, I want you to write in big letters, Mount of Olives. This is a very important part of today's preaching. It's very important. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and at dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought him a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses commanded us to stone such woman. Now what do you say? They were using the question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write in the ground with his finger. Man, Jesus don't even talk to your accusers. He just be writing. That's why, like, Jesus, give me a word. Look in his Bible. It's written already. Jesus wrote it. He wrote it. 
when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stood down and wrote on the ground at this, those who heard him began to go one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. Bow your heads and close your eyes as we pray tonight. Holy Spirit, I pray that we get to see and experience and understand how much you really love us, God. See, the thing is, you don't have a choice to love us because you are love. And, and, and sometimes we think, man, how we act and how we behave is going to keep us from the love that you have for us. But no, 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 that, that, that's a lie. You love us. You love us. So we pray today that we understand everything that comes out of the word, God, and we apply it to ourselves. And in the name of Jesus, we say, amen. Man, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. If we could go back to the message, um, I kind of want to, I kind of want to act out the story with you. A lot of times when I read the Bible, I kind of try to put myself into the preaching. So if we could go back to the front. It says, "But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and I told you guys to write that down, put it to the side, highlight it, bold it." And then it says, "At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts." So imagine Jesus; he's at a mountain, and after being at this mountain. He goes down, down the mountain, and he starts to teach. It says, Jesus went to the temple courts where all the people were gathering around him, and he sat down to teach them. Next verse. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. So if you don't know what the word adultery is, the word adultery basically means that a woman who was married was caught doing things she wasn't supposed to do with another guy who was married. So the Bible, it's crazy. It says... That the woman was caught in the act. Like, it wasn't like, oh, like we was gossiping and someone told someone told someone told someone that you've been sleeping around. No, it wasn't that. It was, we caught her doing it. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery and they made her stand before the group. So imagine, we're chilling here and Jesus is teaching us. Jesus is teaching all of us, us on the right, us on the middle, us on the left. Jesus is teaching us, and out of nowhere, a bunch of guys bringing a naked woman and put her in front of us. And Jesus is there. And they try to trick Jesus because these people wanted to make Jesus look bad, and they wanted to make him look like he contradicted himself. So what they did was they tried to ask him a trick question. They said, Jesus, we caught this girl in the act of adultery. I could just imagine, like, all of us are here, and Jesus is here, and he's, like, just confused on what's going on. And they bring this girl in, and she's standing there, humiliated, embarrassed. And she's looking at Jesus. Just, you know, have you ever done something bad and got called by your parents, and you was just so ashamed to even look at them? Now imagine, instead of it being your parents, it being Jesus. Standing in front of the most perfect person to ever walk on the earth. This woman 
was standing in front of Jesus. And she was caught in the act of adultery. I don't know about you, but I've been caught in the act of doing something bad before. You want to hear that story? Okay. Back then, my dad was a youth pastor, and when he was a youth pastor, he used to preach on the stage, right? The thing was, me and all my friends and all my buddies and my cousins, we love playing basketball so much, right? So our church had this big basketball court, and it was amazing, had a full court, and what we wanted to do was, we didn't want to go to church, we just wanted to play basketball all day, right? So imagine, like, we had a basketball court here, and none of you guys came to church, and while John's preaching, you're all playing basketball. Like, that's what we would do. So we'll be like, man, we don't want to be here during the preaching, we just want to go play basketball. But the problem was, every single Wednesday, because that's when we had church, every single Wednesday after service, me and my brothers and my cousins and my best friends would be mad, sweaty, and hot after church because all the basketball we was playing. So then we'll go back in the car, and my dad would be like, why y'all smell like that? Uh, y'all smell horrible. So he'd be like, what are y'all doing? Y'all can't be playing basketball. We got in so much trouble. We, we did it literally every day, like every day until like the age of like four years ago. <laughs> we was getting caught playing basketball every single church day. We was missing out on church, and we was going to pr- going to play basketball. And my dad, you know what he would do? He'd say, you know what? This is what I want to do. When we go to church, I want you all to sit in the front row with me. I was like, man, right? See, he didn't know that we were slick, right? So what we used to do is, because my dad was the youth pastor, he would go and he'll be, you know, singing during worship. And you know, during the third song, somebody usually goes up and talks the way Dennis did today. You know, somebody goes up and talks. My dad would do that every Wednesday. And then after doing that, he'll go and preach. So what we did was, when he goes up and turns his back, we bolt for the exit. We just start running. Like, we bolt. Like, as the moment he turned it, like, imagine, imagine, like, 12 kids in the front row. Because we used to have these long front rows. Imagine, like, 12 kids sitting down and they're all just waiting, like, you ready? Let me, let me stretch. It's the third song. It's the third song. Is he going to go up? No, no, no. Always get a gun. And the thing is, it was bad because my dad used to worship like this. So we never knew when he was going up until he took a step. And the moment he went, he would go like this. He'd be like this, and he'll go. The moment he'll take a step, you just see 12 kids run from the front row, and it's like a huge building. Like, imagine this times like four, right? No, like times like five or six. And we ran from the front row all the way to the back as fast as we could. Little midgets just running real fast. Right? So we're running and we're bolting towards the door. We get out, we push through the doors. Bam! He can't get us. Now he's preaching. Ah! He can't get us. We about to play ball. Hey, where we at? Where we at? We're going to ball. So we'll go to the court and we'll play ball and we're having mad fun. And then after, I don't know how we, like, we're dumb because after we still had to get in the car with him. So, like, he smelt us still. So we kept getting in trouble, but we got away with it when we went to goals. We get to keep playing basketball. And we used to do that Every single Wednesday. Every single Wednesday. The thing was, we had options. See, we wanted to play basketball, but the only people who could kind of play basketball was these guys called the Royal Rangers. And that was like the children's, that was like the children's Christian church. And they would, but the thing was, they would go like, hey, we're going to go play basketball, but that's after we taught our lesson. And me and my friends were like, we don't want to hear your lesson. We just want to play basketball. We're not going to that. So we were like, all right, we're not going to go to that. And then the other thing was the missionettes, and that was like the girls' version of, of, 
of the Christian church. So we was like, we can't go to the missionettes, right? Like, we're, we're guys. We're obviously guys. And we can't go to the boys because we're not trying to hear all that little church God stuff. No, we just want to go play basketball. So we'll just go, and the moment my dad will turn his back, we'll run towards the exit. But for some reason, on this day, my friends were so hyped to play that they wanted to run during the first song. We usually leave during the third song, but they wanted to leave during the first song. The worst decision I've ever made in my entire life. <laughs> so, so they're telling me, and they're like, yo, Jonathan, come on, let's go. And I'm like, that's the first song. I'm like, y'all bugging out. Oh, I remember, because those people already playing. So we, we was little at the time, so if somebody's already playing, we can't, like, take the court. And there was only one court left. So if we didn't leave at that time, we wouldn't have been able to play because the older kids would have took over, long story short. So, yeah, so they're like, man, come on, go, we don't go. Come on, and I'm like, I'm like, damn, again. And then we're all sitting in the road, just whispering, like, man. and every time my dad passes, like, let's say this is us, he passes, like, man, just, <laughs> man, I fucking like, man, man, man. <laughs> and then it's finally one of us was like, yo, if you go, I'll go, right? There's always that moment where it's like, it's always that, hey, it's always that moment, like, yo, if you go, I'll go, like, it's. I'll go, we, right? And then, and then he, and he's like, a word, you'll go if I go? Tell it to the person next to you. So he looks at the person, he's like, yo, 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 yo. If he goes, I go. What about you? And then the person next to him will be like, man, if he goes, then you go. And if you go, then I go. Yeah, yeah. You thought we was worshiping, but we was turning up. Yeah. See us turning up. But we like ready to leave. And I'm the last one in the row, right? I'm always the last one. I'm the last one in the row. And by the time the word gets to me, they all hype. Like they have like, go, we about to go. So I'm just sitting there, I'm like, I'm looking like, what they so hype about? Like, yo. Right? So I'm thinking. And then out of nowhere, the word gets to me. And it's my best friend Victor. He looks at me, he's like, yo, yo. He, I used to call him Bickham. Cause I didn't know how to pronounce his name. It's like Victor. It's like yo Bickham. Like yo, like yo, yo Bickham. What they laughing at, yo? And he's like, Yo John, John, Yo John. Bro, we about to run, bro. I'm like, I'm like, Yo, it's the first song. And he's like, Yeah. But if he goes, then he's going. And if he's going, then he's going. And if he's going, then he's going. And if he's going, then I'm going. What you about to do? I was like, Bro, we out. We out. Where we at? Let's go. And before I could even finish my sentence, my dad turns around and they just start running. And I was left by myself on the chair. Because I'm like, we out, we out. Where you go? And I'm by myself. And my dad's still worshiping. I'm like, and I see them all at the exit. They're like, yo, come, 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 come. I'm like, ooh, I got to go. Because I said, I go, I go. I'm like, ooh, I got to go. And then, and it's all right, Pete, you got to pay attention. It's going to get good. Hold on. So I'm there. I'm like. I'm like, all right, let's go. Like, my dad passes me. Like, literally, he legit passes me. And he had to have felt the wind past him. That's how fast I was running. <gasps> and the thing was, when you run, because our church was huge, so you would have to run out this big building, and then you'll pass this, like, daycare center. Then after the daycare center, there was this lobby where they picked up 
the missionettes, like the girl people. And then after they pick them up, you pass that lobby. Then you go through another daycare, and then it's the basketball court. So for me to get to the basketball court, I had to run out of a building that's probably times five of this place, go through a daycare, go through a lobby, then go through another daycare, then go to the court. So we're running, right? We're, run we're out. Like, man, remember I told you the missionettes and the, the Royal Rangers. Now, the thing was, in the lobby, when we would run, since we would run during the third song, the lobby was empty, right? Because nobody's there. But during the first song, it was packed with people. Because the, the, uh, the, the, the Royal Rangers, they would get picked up at the back of the church. But in the lobby, everybody was still coming into church. It's the first song. And they had the missionettes there. So we're all running. And the thing was, I've never seen so many people. And as I'm running, I see the missionettes. And I'm like, yo, oh, hold on. Are them girls over there? And my friends keep running. They keep running. I'm like, hold on, right? I'm like, yo, she kind of pretty, yo. Like, I, I'm coming clean with y'all. We being honest. I, I'm running. I'm just like, oh, oh, oh. who that? Oh, she got the glasses? Oh, yeah, she pretty, right? So I'm looking at her, and I'm like, damn, she's mad cute. And then my friends are still running, like, yo, what you do? I'm like, man, y'all go ahead. I'll meet up with y'all in a little bit. Hold on. I got to talk. So I, so, so I, walk, I walk up to the girls. I swear I was macking. I had like $3 in my pocket. And I'm walking up to the mission. And so I'm like, yo, 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 what's up, yo? I'm like, yo, you mad pretty? Uh, 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 what's up with me and you? Like, and it's like me and like five other missionette girls. And they mad hype. They are like, God, this little boy crazy. This little boy out here trying to spit game. And I'm over here, I'm just like, yo, like, what's up? Like, so, so I go, am I killing my time? Yeah, I'm killing my time. All right. So I, I go and I'm like, I'm like, yo, I gotta hurry up. So I go and I'm like, man, I got three dollars in my pocket. What you want to drink? You want chips? You want drink? I got you. Like, what's up? So we go inside the store, and when we go inside the store, I'm like, yo, get anything you want, ma. Everything's like 50 cents. I got you. So I'm like, go ahead, go. And then we go in, we go in. I got like a, a Coca-Cola in my hand because I love Coke. And then there's a girl, she got her little chips, they got their little fruit snacks, you know what I'm saying? I'm chilling back with them, and I'm talking like, yo, what it is like oh my god they were buying all this chances girl ain't nothing girl i be doing this all the time and i'm like i'm like yo what's up what's up right and then while i'm talking to the girls i'm knocking and i look to my left and me and my dad make eye contact and i'm when i tell you i froze i never froze in my entire life but that day i froze i was like Soda dripping on my shirt. I'm not lying. I, this isn't a lie. I promise. You can ask my dad. He will tell you this because he saw me freeze. He saw me see him see me, and I froze. And I was like, I was like, and I was just shaking. I was remember shaking. And then the girls are looking at me like, Yo, you good? I'm like, <laughs> and I'm looking at him. And then literally, my dad's about to come out. He about to slap me. And as he's walking up to me, somebody comes, Pastor Gabby, what's up? And he saves my life. So I'm just there. I'm like. Oh, oh, so I kind of get everything together, and I'm not stuck anymore. I'm like, oh, God, I can't run. Because if I run, he's going to know that my friends are going to play basketball. He's going to make us all come inside. I just got to take one for the team. Dang, dang. And he catches me. He pulls me up on my ear. He's like, yo, what you doing? Sits me in the front and sits me to the whole service. And the whole service, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Like, man, I should have just, I don't even like missionettes. Like, yo, why even do that? They're not even pretty anyway. Like, I'm mad. Like, I'm so mad. I was caught. Yo, I was caught red-handed. I was stuck. 
I couldn't move. You know, the girls looking at me, they, they never saw me ever again. Like, I was embarrassed. I didn't want to see them. I was stuck, and I was so embarrassed. And I remember looking at my dad like, yo, why you even did that, man? Like, come on, I'm going some tripping. And then when I was reading this Bible verse, I thought about the woman, and I thought about myself. I said, man, I was caught drinking soda with girls. Imagine how this woman felt being brought out butt naked in front of everybody, and Jesus was there, and she was stuck. I was stuck, y'all. I was stuck. I couldn't move. I was shaking. But the woman who was the adulterer, she's up there. And she's naked, probably trying to cover herself. On the way over, the Bible says that if you catch, by the Moses of law, if you catch this woman in adultery, you can stone her. So I'm sure they probably started stoning her. She probably got cuts, bruises, bleeding. And she's standing there naked, bleeding in front of Jesus. And then they look at Jesus, and Jesus looks at her. And then they ask Jesus, they say, what do we do? And you know what Jesus says? He stands between her and the people who are accusing her. And he stands between them. And he says, if any of you guys are sinless, then cast the first stone. Wait, it makes no sense. That doesn't make any sense. Because she deserved that. She deserved to die. She deserved to be stoned. You want to know what's crazy? Go back to the Mount of Olives. You want to know what's crazy about this? Jesus looks at this woman and he says, no, don't touch her. If you have sinned, then don't throw any stones. And Jesus stands up for her. Hold on, Jesus. But she deserves it. You want to know the craziest part? It says Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Literally after the Mount of Olives is when he goes to teach. And while he's teaching, they bring this woman to him. And then we go, man, what's, what's the Mount of Olives? You want to know something? Jesus, the day before he died and was crucified for our sins, he was in the Mount of Olives. Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus was praying and he was looking at God. He's saying, God, if I don't have to do this death, please take it from me. I'm so scared. I don't want to do this. I, I'm so sad. I don't want to do this. And, and literally, in the Mount of Olives, he's saying this. And while he's praying, they take Jesus, they throw him on the cross, and they kill him for something he never even did. So imagine Jesus, because he knows everything. He's God. He comes from the Mount of Olives, and every time he goes to the Mount of Olives, he's reminded of the sacrifice he's going to have to pay. He's reminded of the thing he has to do, even though he doesn't deserve it. He's reminded of a cross that doesn't belong to him. It actually belongs to this woman. And I, if I'm Jesus, I'm like, man, I don't even want to be in the Mount of Olives. I'm sad. I'm, let, me, let me just go down the mountain, and let me, let me go teach some people. Let me go teach. And while I'm teaching, they bring a girl in front of me. And I look at her, and I just came from the mountain, and they ask me, do we kill her? Yeah, kill her. She deserves it. I don't want to pay that price. If I was Jesus, I'd look at the woman and say, you deserve this. The Mount of I just left the Mount of Olives. And every time I go there, I get nightmares. And every time I go there, I think about the price I'm going to have to pay, even though I didn't even do anything wrong. Kill her. Go stone her. But what does he do? He doesn't do that. Jesus stands up and gets between her and the people that are trying to kill her. Man, Jesus loves you. He doesn't love you. He loves you. He stood between her and her accusers. And when they were trying to destroy her and when they were trying to kill her, he looked at them and said, no, 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 no. I'm standing up for her. I was talking to Julie, and I was, trying to, I was trying to show her, you know, like give her an example. And I told her, man, imagine 
you know, people say, man, Jesus, he saved my life, man. That's so crazy. Yeah, that's amazing news. But it's just like this. It's like if Julian goes and saves a cat out of a tree. Man, that's amazing, Julian. You just saved a cat's life. But imagine, 10 minutes before that, he was attacked by a million cats. And after being attacked by millions of cats, he had to go and save that cat off that tree. That makes the story a little crazier. Man, Jesus was reminded of the sacrifice that he had to pay, but yet he still stood between her and the people that are trying to kill her. And what does he say? If you haven't sinned, throw the first stone. And slowly, one by one, just imagine people dropping their stones. And I can just imagine the woman looking at Jesus, and she's just like, doesn't know what to say, speechless, still embarrassed, still feeling destructed. And then Jesus looks at her and says, where are all those people that were accusing you? And she says, oh, they're not here. And then Jesus looks at her and says, well, then go and sin no more. You want to know something? Every time I heard this, I said, man, why would Jesus tell somebody to never sin again? That sounds impossible. Why would Jesus require of someone who's never been Christian, why would he demand them to go and live a sinless life? You want to know something? Jesus has every right to demand all from you because he gave it all for you. So if Jesus is telling you, man, I need you to give that life up. I need you to give up those friends. I need you to give up that boyfriend. He's not saying it because he doesn't know what giving up is about. He gave up his life. He gave up his body. He gave up his, his, his everything. He gave up sitting in heaven to come down here for you. So if Jesus is asking you, give it up, it's because he gave it up for you. He says, I need you to give me all of you. And as the worship team comes up, he says, man, I know you're about to die. And yes, I saved your life, but I don't really want to save you. I want to deliver you. I want to take you somewhere. But you got to give me all of you. You got to give me all of you. And I feel like God is telling you right now, you got to give me all of you. You got to give me all of you because I gave you all of me. And some of us, we try to take ourselves and, and give little pieces to God, but God doesn't give his heart in pieces to us. God doesn't give you a piece of his heart and a piece of his love and a piece of his mercy. No, he gives it all to you. He gives it all to you. And you know what he says? I give you you give me all of you. And even if you run away, I'm still giving you all of me. Even if you run away and you don't want this, I'll still be able to give you all of me. Even if you run away and you try to hide, when you come back, I'm ready to give you all of me again. There's always that one boyfriend who demands so much from you, but doesn't he doesn't want to give you anything. God is saying, no, 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 I want to give you all of me. I don't want to take from you. I want to give it all to you. I just want you to give me my place. Jesus does not give his heart in pieces. He gives it as whole. Stand up and bow your heads and close your eyes. Man, I believe that God is speaking to you tonight and he's saying, I gave you all of me so one day you can give it all back. Man, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult. 
But Jesus is not going to let you just walk away. Because he doesn't love you. He loves you. So if you want to give your all to Jesus tonight. If you want to give him all of you. If you don't want to give him a piece, but you want to give him all of you. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. One, Jesus wants all of you because he gave it all to you. He died on the cross for you because he loves you. He doesn't just love you. He loves you. He loves you so much. If you want to give your all to Jesus, if you want to give him your heart and give him your soul because of what he's done for you, when I count to three, I want to see you raise your hand. Nobody's watching. Nobody's looking. When I count to three, one, two, three. Hands are raising over this place. One, two. God sees your heart. God sees your heart. Grab the hand of the person next to you. We're going to all say this prayer together. Because I believe that even if you have Jesus in you, sometimes you still choose not to give him all of you. Or give him all, every area of your life. So we're going to say this prayer together. Say, Father God, I give you all of me. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my dreams. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm wrong. But I also know that you died on the cross for me. Write my name in the book of life so I can spend eternity worshiping you and living with you and being with you. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. Slap those hands.